Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It's pre-race Abu Dhabi edition, and we're here. The final race. Oh, my God. Ah, Not it's ready. basically my one noise pre-race review. What's your one noise pre-race review, Tommy? <laughs> and Katie, yours? You just didn't come through then. <laughs> it just it was quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it sounded like you were screaming from, from about a mile away. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe just internal screaming then. Okay, so it was screaming. Perfect. It was anyway, screaming, yeah. We, 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 dive, we dive into the question. I broke yeah. my mic. <laughs> You've broken your mic. Brilliant. Uh, but we can hear you now, so it's fine. Uh, do, should we do that again? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I did it. scream and okay, it just fine. Come we'll carry on. Look, okay. it's just, we're off the rails. It's the end of the season. Right. New Abu Dhabi layout. Let's talk about it. Because you know, it's changed. And if you don't know about the new Abu Dhabi layout, then you haven't watched our latest video. That's everything Falling. you need to know about the new Abu Dhabi Grand Prix thing. So yes, looks much quicker. I love it. I think it looks brilliant. Um, not because Merck Mercedes fast. Yeah, <laughs> um, just because I think it, it's much more flowing. Karun Chandok was blowing his own trumpets. He was involved in the was like, he? He's the never change or something. It. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, but but genuinely, I, I really like it. I think it's flowing. Hopefully, it'll be better for racing. A lot more banked corners. Uh, which is something you never really thought Abu Dhabi would have, but here we are. It looks looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. I mean, I'm not the kind of person that sits around and like just thinks about circuits the whole time. Like, I, it's not really kind of the part of F1 that I'm really into. I'm more oh. nerdy, like in the stat books, rather than thinking if I was in charge, I would flatten this turn well, and make this. Well, I like think this. that's because you don't play F1, Katie. You it don't could play actually game. be. Mm. Yeah, I think then maybe that's a good reason as to why but yeah it looks nice the guys seem to be driving around quicker which is obviously good um and i don't really have much else to add on it apart <laughs> from <Tommy>. everybody's just <laughs> upset yeah i mean it's yeah I, I was obviously joking about the the, the chandok thing fair play to him because i think he has uh done a, a good job all things considered because obviously we we mentioned it on the podcast last year that it's not an easy track to fix because you've got certain things in the way i mean i do feel sorry for the guy that is getting uh that now getting people sort of saying oh of course you've changed it to benefit mercedes when it was so long ago and also we've been everyone's been pleading for these changes to have been made for years anyway thank goodness it has i'm still a little bit concerned that the second changed corner the the banked sort of quick left-hander might discourage uh overtaking a little bit because it's not a heavy braking zone but i think the the main thing as uh, of course you'll have learned in the the wonderful wtf1 video is uh that it's more about tires isn't it really and the fact that the reason abu dhabi is so boring is that the track just hurts your tires and everyone just sits and tire saves and sits behind their their rival behind a second so they can just keep the tires to the end but there's even talk it might even be a two-stop well, yeah, because they brought the softest compound of tyres, which obviously hopefully is hoping. opens up uh, the strategy a little bit. Uh, yeah, you mentioned about turn nine, I think it is now, the long left-hander, mm. um, which would have been about turn know, 14 uh, normally. Uh, but that was actually probably the best overtaking opportunity in the, previous, in the previous iteration of the Abu Dhabi track because that was the second DRS zone after probably getting close after the first DRS zone, and then you could break hard into that triple left-right-left chicane. So... 
I'm I'm still quite glad that it's gone, but you, you do make yeah. a good point because it's not as hard of a breaking zone into there, uh, so they may struggle. Um, but of course, Merck was fastest in FP2. Uh, there's been a lot of track limit um, violations and warnings and lap times deleted. Uh, so, it but it does look as though Mercedes are quickest, and you know on paper that seemed to be the way that you know it went in Saudi, and it has done for a few races now. And of course, they won't have had the spicy Brazil engine in there either, but. You can't imagine Red Bull would have been turned up to the max either. Uh, next question. Zazomga. <laughs> I don't even know what I did. Zazomga. Uh, this track just screams Merck at the moment. Will it be a walk in the park for Ham this weekend? <laughs> I love these questions so much because we were like Saudi. Oh, going to be the easiest race in the world for for Hamilton and Mercedes. They're going to get a one-two. They're going to drive away into the sunset. It's going to, nothing is going to happen. And what happened? We had probably one of those controversial races for a very, very long time. So again, on paper, yes, it looks as though Mercedes may have a couple of tents in hand, but that seems about it. We're not talking, I don't think, a second down the road. They will probably have the advantage, but just like in Saudi, it seemed as though Red Bull um, were quicker over one lap, at least in Max's hands, and maybe with Max absolutely sending it to the limit and over. Um, it, there, there's some other interesting talking points where Max was doing his long runs on the soft tyres um, in FP2, which may actually suggest that he'll go onto the soft tyre in Q2 and start the race on the soft tyre so that he gets the launch that he may need to get track position over Hamilton, which I imagine they're expecting them to potentially get pole. So lots of factors uh, to take into a, into play here that could spice things up quite nicely. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't just write it off. I mean, we 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 thought it with Sochi, we thought it with Paul Ricard. You know these races, and they've been incredible races. Um, I know it's a bit cliche to be like the rule book has been ripped up, but it is so true. And the perfect example was Saudi, where we thought, oh. That's it. Mercedes walk over and you just can't predict it. I know it's a bit more of an extreme circuit, but red flag, you know, only it only takes like a VSC at the end with, you know, even if Verstappen's like 10 seconds behind Hamilton and can't get anywhere near him, um, it only takes a VSC or a safety car at the end. Equally, Verstappen could gamble and put soft tires on and go for the kind of Paul Ricard. We could see that Paul Ricard chasing strategy or equally Hamilton chasing Verstappen. There's so many factors there um, to suggest that you can't write it off, even though it's Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, no, like you say, we saw Lewis quickest in FP2, but then Esteban Ocon in P2, sneaking up there, and Bottas P3. Practice one, Max was quickest. Obviously, practice two is the one that's going to be the most comparable to qualifying tomorrow, but... Um, depends if Max really is going to put it all on the line tomorrow, like we saw in Saudi with his incredible qualifying lap before he got to the final turn. Um, no, it's not incredible qualifying lap because he didn't finish it. I'm I'm on with you, Katie, but I'm just sorry. I'm just doing the voice of Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, just shut that down. Uh, but um, yeah, it it really is anybody's um anybody's to to take this weekend which is what makes it so exciting and i just wish that people would be able to embrace that a bit more and instead of looking at all the negatives of oh crash happen for hamilton rah, 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 rah. oh i'm doing the twitter voice now sorry guys um know, it's taken over. It, it has you've passed it over but you know just it's 
difficult as it may be, just try and soak in all the good things and appreciate that we have one of the most incredible championship battles we're ever going to see in our flipping lifetimes. This is legendary. It's going to be talked about in 50 years time when, I don't know, somebody who's got a kid on the grid, they're, they're going to be racing F1. Somebody's going to be doing punditry and like, you know, it's going to be one of these things of like, oh, my granddad was racing uh, in that year of Formula One and it was a really crazy year. And I, I know what I'm trying Grand, to say. <laughs> granddad, tell us about the 2020 F1 one season. Yeah, literally. Oh, uh, actually, I was just moaning on Twitter. I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Um, I said something very similar, Katie, on Twitter, to be fair, uh, a day or two ago. And no, 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 I, no, I agree. I wasn't saying you're, oh, yeah, copyright. Um, <laughs> yes. no, I'm, I'm of completely the same opinion. Uh, but what I will do, especially on Sunday, is, of course, I have to get tweets for internet special reactions, but I will be fully enjoying that race without a care in the world about what anyone else thinks. And it will be very much a, we aren't going to see this for a very, very long time enjoy it that's it you know like if social media stresses you out and people are horrible to you on there because their your opinion doesn't match with theirs don't go on it just enjoy it log off and, it's not real life yeah, exactly. time to log off george russell meme <laughs> <laughs> it is time to log off right okay uh, moving on next question team wtf1 member thomas dandridge asks christian horner seems to be playing the underdog card quite a lot do you think he thinks rebel are struggling this weekend um, I think Christian Horner usually, I don't know, he, he he seems to say it how it is quite a lot, but then both himself and Toto Wolf can sometimes be a bit, obviously, rose-tinted glasses for their own team. I think he genuinely does believe that Rebel are behind. Of course he would. You know, they're on the back foot. They've lost the last three races to Hamilton. So why would you not think it'd be any different in Abu Dhabi, uh, especially with the fact those changes seem to favour Mercedes a bit more because it's a bit more of a power track. Uh, so, yeah, I think that if... Max wins the championship, he will be quite surprised, personally. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter what Christian Orner thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't think that. He thinks his opinion is the most important one of them all, according Whoa! to Drive. Drama alert. According to who? Whoop, whoop, drive to Survive. Oh, I thought he was just... I thought it was just, just or, or just himself, <laughs> yeah. According I mean... to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, I, I guess going into this weekend, you could argue that they're more of an underdog, but it's not exactly like he's piloting the or like looking after the Williams team or something. He's the team principal for Red Bull. It's not like it's a bag, a heap of crap or whatever. It's like a very competitive... <laughs> car in its own way um so my sympathy only goes so far um but hey toto wolf and christian horner had a nice little press conference uh this this morning or afternoon in abu dhabi um and we got a handshake Woo! uh and they seem to be sort toto. Of, yes it was not but going to be in drive to survive that they won't no, show that. no no they won't no, they'll show, show it and then they'll show explosions or they'll <laughs> yeah. edit it so that they didn't like, do so it like in his hand to be fair though to to give some context as well Christian Horner also did do a handshake after the press conference was done so it was instigated by both but at different points before everybody starts typing in the comments that that it was both people um but yeah oh I don't know I I think Mercedes are probably going to walk this but credit where credit's due Red Bull have done a mega job this weekend and like they say it's been years since they've been in a position where they're actually up at the front fighting yes Christian Horner could have handled himself better nine times out of ten this season I think but then same can go for Toto um but 
Yeah, I think if I had to put money on a team that would do well this weekend, it will be the Mercedes. They just look stronger here. Yeah, Toto, um, sorry, Christian, feel, I feel like he's, yeah, saying it how it is. And also he, he's gone like full on pressure with Mercedes and it's not really worked. So I think I think now the, the way he's playing it in the, these final races are just to kind of go with the narrative of, look, well, we've done amazing keep keep the team sort of like calm and happy above the final race, not put too much pressure on the mechanics or, or you know, Max and everyone else and just basically go with the whole thing of, well, no one else has ever pushed Mercedes in the hybrid era this far to get them to the final race. And that's what he's really like bigging up a lot. Uh, so he's just going for that. So then when or if um, they don't win the title, um, he can obviously just be you know, the same thing of like, well, we, you know, we gave it our best and what an amazing season it was. Uh, yeah. I don't think, he, I don't, I don't believe that for a second that deep down he's like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, we're the underdogs mate. Cause obviously they have lost, you know, certain points at certain parts of the season. And also I don't think how Christian Orner acts with the media and how he's like, Oh, we're underdogs is how he acts with the team itself. I reckon it is full blown bulldozer pressure. <laughs> like you will win this championship. Because you know Christian Horner's a scary bloke. You don't want to be on the wrong side of him. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I personally think the way he acts with the media and how, the way he acts, acts with his team will be completely different. Yeah, maybe. Cool. All right. Good. Uh, good opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I agree to disagree. Uh, next question at at Real Alcpant. Long runs in P2 showed that Red Bull maybe is thinking of soft tires for Q2 and race start. Hey, you've been reading my mind. Do you think? Is it possible? Strategy will play a massive role on Sunday. Well, Red Bull rolled the dice in Saudi Arabia, went onto the medium tyres, managed to get track position over Hamilton. Of course, it didn't end up working out that way due to a million different things happening. But they have to try and get track position. It doesn't matter how, if they put Perez on the intermediates, hoping for a rainstorm, whatever they need they will do just to get ahead of Hamilton because then they can start to influence the race. They can't influence the race if Lewis is driving off into the sunset on medium tyres and they've just copied the strategy. If they, by FP3, decide, yeah, we are really quite behind what Mercedes are doing, they're going to have to do something different. And the only thing that really looks that way is is a soft tyre race start. Yeah, I can't believe that all the many, many podcasts I've sat here and roasted the Q2 tyre rule it has now become yeah. spicy. Uh, well, it's finally, it's finally actually, you know, provided some excitement if it if it happens because you know, well, if Max goes for the soft tires, you've got to assume that uh, they've done that with an absolute dive bomb into turn one, like he did in Saudi. You know that the um, when he had the mediums on. Uh, with that in mind, so. Um, they'll be going for that. Uh, but then equally, if they put the soft tires on and it gets pole anyway, it's like, Oh, is that the right choice? Cause they won't really want to be on the softs. Um, yeah, they've got to, they've got to try something different. And, uh, I guess the Q tire rule Q2 tire rule does actually, uh, mean that it it's going to happen, which would make it quite exciting if they do go on different strategies. Cause I think it is realistically the only way I can see, Verstappen winning if he does something a little bit different on strategy. 
And just before you go into your point, Kate, I just want to say Tommy and myself are wearing exactly the same Christmas jumper because you just can't see it. I can't believe we didn't actually. And also, I noticed earlier you're both drinking really similar drinks. We're so in sync. Oh my god, guys! <laughs> what what colour is yours? Come on, Tommy, let's see it. For <laughs> audio listeners, we are holding up both of our blackcurrant slash summer fruit squash. Lovely. Um, but yes, we're wearing. Are a, we're wearing. Yeah, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Um, but yes, we are all wearing Christmas jumpers. If you want to get your own, go to the WTF1 shop at shop.wtf1.com. I can't do it justice. Carry on, Katie. <laughs> um, I can't remember what my point was. I think it was pretty much echoing what you guys were going to say and that I think that the biggest surprise of the 2021 season has been that Tommy was actually slightly positive about the QT Tyrell. So I know. there we go. You, you know that it's been a crazy season when he says something good about the QT Tyrell. <laughs> Love so it. Tr- so true. But yeah, that could be a really interesting thing, especially if Verstappen manages to get ahead of Bottas. Huge role for Valtteri Bottas this weekend. Looks like he's really struggling, to be honest with you. Like he is locking up and he's locked up into turn one about five times, I swear. We just kept seeing replays of him, just not particularly at one with that car. So um, Bottas is going to get have to get his head around whatever setup issues he's got at the moment, and he needs to get P2 for Mercedes. He needs to lock out that front row. If that happens, Max hasn't got a great opportunity, really. Although when you say that, you know... Doesn't that stop one's Max gonna be, going past. It and... Yeah, it doesn't. He's got the hairpin now. Sending it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So if you get a good run, say he gets ahead of Bottas into turn one, which is a, a long chance. run, then you have the you know the sweeping I corners spy. all the way down to turn five. So yeah, it's Spice not it's stuff. not over until it's over. Uh, let's talk and even then, bit. it's probably still going to be investigated. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, until Michael Massey sings, that's basically what we have to wait for. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Michael Massey, let's speak about uh, the fact that the FIA have revealed, although it's no news to anybody, that they may deduct points if there's a crash. Um, Max Verstappen was asked this, so was Lewis Hamilton. Lewis was just not really that phased. Max said that it's not changed anything. It's not like it's a brand new thing that they've introduced for this weekend. Like that's always been the case. Um, just saying stuff like that, you're like, why Why now? I know, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to obviously put the drivers off of doing such a crash on lap one and, you know, the title's over. But at the same time, they can't have a different mindset going into the last race over the last 21 that we've seen. And it, again, for me, highlights inconsistency because it almost feels like they are, you know, very trigger happy to be like, well, you lose five points, lose a point, lose half a point. That's all you need to lose in this championship fight for someone to win the title over the other person potentially if they both dnf so don't know what to make of that really uh i don't think it was really necessary no i mean like you say this isn't a rule that has just been introduced for this weekend it has always existed but it's been more inside the sporting code than the sporting regulations so it's not really listed along with time penalties or disqualifications or that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was unusual seeing that come up in uh, Michael Massey's race event notes, because like you say, there should be consistency, the same rules apply for every single race. And just because it's finale and yes, there is more on the line. It shouldn't be that the rules or, or the way things are investigated or punished should change. Um, and plus I would like to get some clarification on it of like, what offence is what point? Obviously, we know if you're caught, um, I don't know, if you 
not take someone out or for example cause a collision in the race then you get a five second penalty two penalty points bob's your uncle brake checking is 10 seconds that's what we know so yeah exactly Max gets ahead brake checks gets a 10 second penalty off he goes exactly so we're sort of getting a bit of a a library of what each incident and like what it gives as a penalty but for points taking off like if you take your title rival out is that three points deducted is that 10 points is it 20 points is it 50 points like what what does each event how they're judging it because you could argue that you could argue that um when max goes for a a a dive bomb and sends it which we've all been saying is absolutely you know brilliant fair when hamilton um when you know where there's not any kind of contact say say saudi arabia the the second restart brilliant move Mm. What's to start Hamilton just turning in and then going, well, he's crashed into me, give him a penalty off on the championship. Because because mm. I know the narrative, the our whole narrative is being pushed on Verstappen can take Hamilton out. But equally, this this also puts it into Hamilton's hands where he could almost do something. You know, it's not, I know Hamilton can't crash to win the title, but equally, if Verstappen comes down the inside of him, Hamilton, Hamilton could just turn in and be like, oh, he's crashed into me. Give, do, you, do you know what I mean? So, so, and yeah. I'm glad you said uh, said what you did as well, Matt, because I was thinking about the very same that <laughs> we won't go into the, the actual incidents and what we think because we've mentioned it so many times. Yeah. But Silverstone and Monza, for example, if we're going based on what um, the stewards decided and which is that Hamilton was at fault for Silverstone and Max was at fault for Monza, uh, in Monza, Verstappen has, uh, according to the FIA, crashed into Hamilton, and Hamilton was going to be ahead of him, gain a lot of points, and Max can just go, well, I'll crash into him, and it's even, and I'll get a grid drop, although equally it didn't even matter. Equally, Hamilton in Silverstone crashes into Max and can, because he's got such a car advantage, take a 10-second penalty, get his way through the field and get 25 points. So why is it only a points reduction in the last race? Because, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like ha- Hamilton could have uh, crashed into Max most races. Max could have crashed into Hamilton most races. And then it only matters in the final race. That's not yeah. really fair, is it? And I get why they've done it because they've got to set some kind of precedent. But it really does come down to consistency of like, you can't, <laughs> because we've said it as well, like they're, the the stewards, it's so obvious that they've just tried to leave it be and just create this whole situation where they're level on points into the final race and it's amazing for Formula One. Then you can't just change the rules now because th- there's going to be so many questions going into this final race of what you can and can't do because it's been so inconsistent throughout the whole year. It's just silly, isn't it? I love that. Tommy, Tommy <laughs> went on a little rant there. Right? Yeah, I'm like proud a, of like you. Segment. Really it was a bit, yeah. Uh, Learn from the yeah, best. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> if, uh, did you just dab? Was that a dab? I didn't dab. No, I tapped oh, myself in the back. <laughs> I just saw it in the corner of my eye and I was like, did Katie just dab? That's something dab, that I would do. Slugging uh, off Michael Massey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, you were echoing my point and I echo the rest of the stuff that you just said, Tommy, because yeah, the, the thing is, it's like you, if it, because obviously they've, they've said this, you see all the level of incidents that we've had and you go, well, what, how much worse can we get? Are we talking that if it is deemed as a deliberate move, that's when the deduction is going to happen or is it going to be, okay, well, Max just goes for the move, misjudges it a little bit. They crash, yeah. 
But then that's no different to what we've seen previously. Yeah, like exactly. Hamilton gets a 10 second penalty for Silverstone, which a lot of people think was a bit, you know, obviously a bit light or whatever. But yeah, you know, there was never any discussion of points being deducted. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of that at all. To be like, honest, if, with you. if on the final lap and Max takes, you know, a shorter. Yeah, completely Alonso's it over the chicane yeah. and plows into the side of Hamilton, then there's totally understandable yeah. to do some kind of points reduction. But when it's like just contact for them racing, how do you judge it? You just exactly. can't. So it could just be stupid. unlucky that they both get you know knocked out and then you think, well, Max probably still deserves to win the title, but then the stewards are oh, yeah, it's not chaos. Want to be I don't want I mean, I'd to, uh... love to have just, you know, a running FIA feed if uh but god forbid if they crash on lap one i don't want it i really don't want it like that no. would just be such a flat end to the season right moving on at metal laporte <laughs> we've seen a lot of discussion on what happens if max takes out lewis <laughs> or vice versa but what if the number twos get involved say if valtteri takes out max suspiciously would he only he be at risk of a point deduction disqualification or both drivers and the whole team this is where it gets even more yeah. Uh, murky uh, with the fact that obviously if Valtteri takes out Max Valtteri is susceptible to the penalty however the, the investigation may go further into the sense that if this was predetermined and Lewis knew about it and all this good stuff and then it becomes a big deal and it goes to lawyers and it goes to lawyers that don't have anything to a clue about the sport that they're looking at um, then it could get very very messy indeed I don't think either team want to sort that out that way. It's a bad look for their reputation and whatnot, but that's my understanding. Katie, you you uh, sleep with the stewards. Uh, sorry, the... Um, <laughs> uh, <you> said... <laughs> 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 I really sleep with the regulation book. That's the best mix of words I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, I'm going red. Oh, my God. Right. I shouldn't have probably paused there. Uh, when I said it, I thought, that's the wrong word. And then it pieced together and I was like, oh, no. Right. Oh my God. You usually sleep <laughs> with the technical sporting, all the regulations. You, lo- you love true. reading it in bed. Nothing to do with the stewards themselves. What, what's your understanding? Oh, my of God. Well, it says... In the um, in the event notes that Michael Massey sent out, points should not be deducted separately from drivers and competitors, save in exceptional circumstances. So maybe if it is evident that Perez takes out Hamilton, Bottas takes out Verstappen, vice versa. Sorry, I'm just trying to like read what my laptop says through the tears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the last thing we want is like mm. another crash gate scenario of interworkings of teams I'm not suggesting that either team is capable of such a thing because I think really that is the lowest of the low if you're going to deliberately try and get one of your drivers to wipe out a competitor but um and if if a team gets you know seen as guilty they get fined an absolute truck oh, they could be I disqualified mean, I mean yeah disqualified I, I know so, yeah. and from the sport literally I mean Sergio Perez has been around in the sport for ages he's a extremely well-respected racing driver i've seen a lot of people go oh they could just get perez to you know perez is not going to taint his career is his entire career because if if perez crashed into uh the 
Hamilton on purpose, equally Bottas crashed in. That would define their whole career. They would not <laughs> be remembered. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to think I'm laughing at the parents thing, but in the back of my head, I'm just replaying what happened. Yeah. And I can see I can see Katie looking, I think, around at where we are on the video, seeing if we were still laughing. Sorry, Tommy, you're making a great Sorry. point. Yes. I'm crying um, as well. Yes. So basically, I what, what I'm trying to get at is Perez and Bottas wouldn't do that on purpose. And if they did, you know, they're going to be, that would define their entire career, all the wins, everything, they will just be remembered for that. And there's no way that they're ever going to want that. However much Bottas uh, would like Hamilton to win the title and Perez would like uh, Max to win the title. Unless uh, unless his his Sky interview where he said, who's going to win the title? And he went, "Uh, uh, I really... Hope Verstappen wins, <laughs> Verstappen, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is just a, a. I think he just fumbled his words a little, but it was very funny. No, I think he genuinely believes that Hamilton's going to win the title, but he forgot who he raced for for a second. Yeah, and then it was like Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So no, that's not going to happen, is it? Really, not on purpose. Anyway, no. uh, there still will be a huge amount of controversy if it does happen. It's an interesting point though, because uh, <laughs> obviously the the Bottas Hungary incident was a mistake. It was in the wet, but imagine if he had done it. Uh, or it happened in this race, you know, it is a genuine lockup. Yeah. Um, he saw it. Like, out, the, yeah. Well, he went yeah. literally last race. He's so nearly like broke, yeah. um, went up the back yeah. of Verstappen. Paris as well. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if he had, and it is a genuine lockup, it's like, where do you draw the line? Because, again, it goes back to the original point of when is a mistake just a mistake or when is it a deliberate crash to take out your rival? And how do you judge something like that? It would be very silly, but who knows? Maybe it does happen and we uh, find out who wins the world title in like April next year. Perhaps. Maybe round one is when they uh, announce it. Uh, next question. Ehe underscore Van Bow. Favourite tribute slash finale helmet or livery? I'll be honest, I haven't gone through all of them. Um, you haven't read my article? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't watched your video, so there yeah, you exactly. Go. That's what I mean. I was about to say. <laughs> But I've seen a few, and I very much like Lando's helmet. I think that was very cool, uh, as well as Charlotte Claire's. So, I was waiting for that one. Yep, <laughs> looks very cool as well. Carlos Sainz's is quite sure. nice, um, <laughs> and I very much like the livery of Alfa Romeo saying "Thank you, Kimmy." Or no, leave. Was it? We'll leave you alone, Kimmy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's brilliant. So yeah. Oh, that's a good question. There have been so many new helmet designs. Um, I like Sebastian Vettel's because of what it stands for. He's got lots of things written on the side. It's called the world's to-do list. So it includes everything from Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ+, to refugees, to forest fires, and literally everything that he'd like to see fixed and more harmonious, which is just such a Seb Vettel thing to do. It's really touching. It's lovely. Um, and then Hamilton's rainbow helmet has been given a sparkle treatment. Um, I really am not a fan of Danny Rick's one. It's already quite garish and quite out there. And now to make it glittery, it's like, well, it's a bit too much. Um, and as for the livery, um, I'm just going to sound miserable because I don't really rate the McLaren one. And uh, I suppose the Alfa Romeo one's quite nice, but... I don't know. It's it's not going to ever compare to the golf livery of Monaco. Nothing ever will. <laughs> I like the McLaren. Um, and the Alpha is, yeah, a, a nice touch. I think fa- favourite helmet, I'd probably go with 
Giovinazzi because I think it's awesome that he's running Kimi Raikkonen's 2007 helmet design, um, which I think when it's your own farewell race and you're doing a tribute to your teammate, that's pretty wholesome and uh, a very nice sign of respect to uh, to Kimi Raikkonen when you know you could quite easily be like, well, this is my final race. I'm you know having a goodbye F1 or whatever, but he, he's used it as a as a tribute to his teammate. They've got a proper like you know they're really good good friends, kind of a underrated bromance. I'd say there's, there's been some talk actually as well about um, why Hamilton hasn't got a tribute to Bottas on his really? his helmet. <laughs> Yeah, people are genuinely complaining about oh that. Oh my but, god! Really? I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, in some regards, Charles did one for Seb, didn't he? When Seb left Ferrari, so oh, people are comparing true. it to that and going, "Oh well, Hamilton said Bottas is the best teammate ever, and he's not even getting a like, you know, cheers voucher yeah. on the back or something." You know. Uh, final question from Team WTF member Formula Wonderland, but it's with a one because that's clever. How sad are we going to be that on Sunday it will be over? I'm in two minds. Right, I'm. Yeah, I mean, Katie will, will nod like a little, <laughs> not, like you know, like one of those nodding dogs in the car because she's finished after annual writing and general season stuff. Uh, from my side, again, you know, it's really busy, and I've absolutely loved this Formula One season. Um, I think the controversy's gone a little bit through the roof, so that if anything, you know, after Saudi, as I, as I mentioned a few days ago, you, you, I was just kind of still like, "Geez, this is getting this is this is mad." Uh, so I think. As I've said as well in previous WTF1 videos, and especially with the video we made specifically on it, was my opinion of you know Formula One has too many races. I think we've come to the end of this season now. I I don't really want any more, and, and, and we're going into Christmas otherwise if we were. Uh, so I'm happy this is the last race. If I'm being completely honest with you, but then we have a couple of months off, refresh, look forward to the new season, new regs, and it'll be excitement all over again. So I'm not actually going to be that sad. But then I say that in a few days' time, I'll get withdrawal symptoms. So, it's, you know, it's very much two, two minds. Yeah, I'll undoubtedly get a few withdrawal symptoms once the season is done. And then maybe a couple of weeks' time when I'll be expecting a race, because it has felt like there's just always a race on this year. Um, it will feel a little bit like, oh, I'm looking forward to F1 being back. But it will be nice to um, conclude this season, I think. Yeah, I'm more more looking forward to this season coming to an end just so we can finally find out who's going to be the champion. Um, like you say, if it rumbles on anymore, it's just going to get even more um, controversial and crazy. Uh, and we've got you know new regs to look forward to, which I am very excited about as well and I think is, is good for the sport. So um, I'm also looking forward to just having a nice, nice rest over Christmas because it has been a pretty hardcore season, however much we know we... Love Formula One. We love our job. We love doing this. Um, it does take its toll, and we're not even uh, the poor mechanics that are yeah. jet setting to every single race. So I can see the comments with the smallest violin. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But you have to write ever. about F one all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we know that we're in you know our dream jobs. Yeah. But, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't get a little bit tired sometimes. Yeah, no, like you say, there's plenty to look forward to in 2022. We've got new regs. We've got Russell to Mercedes, which is something a lot of fans are excited for. Forgotten about, um, to be honest. Yeah, I literally. I, I think a lot of people have because of this. Yeah. yeah, there's there's so much going on next year, which is really exciting. However, yeah, it will be kind of bittersweet as the checkered flag flies in Abu Dhabi because we're going to be saying goodbye to these cars which you know um they have brought us so much entertainment since they were introduced and that kind of stuff and then the season as a whole 
um there've just been so many incredible moments that us F1 fans will probably look back on in years to come and from things like Baku and having people like Sebastian Vettel on the podium with Gasly and that crazy just that that whole race to be honest was just mental and obviously the Ocon win and there's just so many moments that were like littered through the season that are just so special so yeah I'll be really sad to see it go um but hopefully next season will will be just as good I pray it will although I think I'm kind of just lying to myself because I don't think there's it's going to take a lot to match this year which is one of the things that I'm sad about because it will be a case of looking back at this in 20 years time and thinking what an amazing season it was so yeah I sound like I'm upset and emotional but I'm just still thinking back to <laughs> what was said earlier and trying to not <laughs> stop myself from laughing um but yeah anyway um, I, would, uh... I think we're all a bit delusional ready for the season to finish to be honest <laughs> I'd counter your argument and say I cannot wait for this uh, Formula One car to uh, to go. Really, I'm, I'm not. I not go. It, it yeah. won't be missed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> too fast, too difficult to can't entertain. follow. Yeah, can't exactly. follow. The performance gaps are dreadful. And however much it's an amazing season, um, this sounds really negative. Like, but you've still obviously got. <laughs> you still got two. Yeah, you still got two Formula One teams that will win every race without a failure. So yeah. Uh, I think hopefully, uh, you know, this will age very bad when we look back on it and Mercedes are 20 seconds clear in Bahrain next year. But um, fingers crossed, it's a bit closer and the racing's better. <laughs> I love how we're doing this outro and it feels like we've finished the season. It we've does. still got one race yeah, to sorry, go, guys. everybody. We're not done yet. We're not signed off. And just remember as well, we will not be There's a race. The content. There's a race on. Yes. Uh, are, they lev- the, are they level on points? Uh, uh, <laughs> 369.5 points, if I haven't seen no, that 100,000 times. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there is one more race to go and don't worry as well. We'll not be stopping the content once the season is over. We'll be doing lots of recap uh, stuff, looking at back at the season, everything uh, like that. And of course, into January where we're all very sad as F1 fans, uh, we will have lots of content then as well. So do not worry. We we won't leave you until the season uh, begins again. We will be right there alongside you. So uh, yeah, there you go. Casey, final thoughts? Um, Final thoughts are... Um, enjoy this weekend. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I don't sleep with the stewards. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. I'd like to think. <laughs> okay, brilliant. That's about as insightful as Tommy's final thoughts usually. Uh, Tommy, are you going to beat that? Uh, I, I will say well done to our buddy Jack Aitken, who uh, oh, did yeah. FB1 today. Uh, beat Latifi. Uh, come back from a very horrendous injury and got you know back in the Formula One car for the first time. Um, yeah, ahead of Latifi, he'd been in the car all season. I think he uh, did very well for himself, and I'm happy to see him back in a in an F1 car and uh, you know doing well. So yeah, well done, Jack. stuff. Sorry, Jack, we should have probably mentioned you a little bit earlier than that, but Tommy didn't put you in the sheet. So, right, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody. I needed yeah, a well final thought to cover yeah. myself. There you go. Yeah, well done, Jack, for your FP1. Um, outing and uh, glad to see you doing a lot better right thank you everybody for watching and listening hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the conversation moving forward go to the shop.wtf1.com if you want to buy some Christmas merch or some normal merch it's all up there lots of thumbs up uh, ups from Tommy the WTF1 founder oh my god I didn't even say that at the top of the show what is wrong with me oh god I mean, that's it <laughs> I'm not going to make uh, Abu Dhabi unfortunately and of course Katie the WTF1 author we'll see you very soon <laughs> 
Bye. Bye. One second final thought. Please don't fire me. Be nice on Sunday, everyone. Yeah. Just be nice. Just just be nice. Enjoy it. Just just be nice.